When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, before we jump in today, go down, leave a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We do love those, and they help a ton. They do. That's a free way of kind of helping us out. Another way of helping us out is to help our sponsors. So first of all, Dr. Dish, if you're thinking of, of getting a, a team that wants to shoot the ball better and consistently put that, that round ball into that cylinder, uh, Check out Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're looking for a one-stop shop, if you're looking to become a better basketball coach, if you're looking for a mentor, if you're looking to talk to me on a regular basis, right, James? Uh, then you can uh, you can become a teachhoops.com member. And we'll we'll I'll put you on the bat phone and we'll take care of your your specific needs. So come over and check us out at teachhoops.com. Let's head off to the podcast. One. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Oh, thousand something. I don't even know where we're at at this point. I've, I've lost track. Um, so James and I were talking before we came on the air. We just kind—I of, was trying to get some background. He's—I I won't call him a vagabond, but you—you've you've traveled around a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. This is great. People—people people don't. That's what people don't realize about this country too. It's like there's so many hidden gems and so many little little places that if you just, if you only stay in the Midwest, you're not, you're going to miss them. But um, so coach James, I'm going to have you kind of introduce yourself and then tell your basketball journey kind of, you know, either where you start playing or how you kind of got into this game um, and then how you got into coaching and then kind of what you're doing now. So, and we'll, and I'll jump in. I, I, I'm not one to be bashful for asking questions, but um, introduce yourself and just kind of tell people a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I appreciate you having me. Um, so yeah, I'm, we're, I'm from Miami, born and raised. So, um, I never wanted to get involved in basketball. My dad just said when I was sixth grade, you're pretty tall. Um, I think you should try the sport, even though I know nothing about it. Uh, so I did. And 
like probably a lot of people listening to this fell in love with it. So I played through high school, tore my ACL going into my senior year. So that ended the playing, the playing side of things for so, me. So let's, let's get, I want to dive into Miami for a second. Okay. Sure. So we played in the uh, orange bowl, something a while ago. Junior orange bowl. Junior orange, orange bowl. bowl. Played, yep. Yeah. Played in that. It was great. Um, so we were talking about Sanibel Island for anybody that knows before we came on the air. So basically here's my theory of Florida, anywhere from Sanibel South, you basically get good weather most of the year. Is that true? Hot. That's about right. If good weather to you is warm. Um, yeah. yeah. Even through the winters and your Christmas, you're going to have an 85 degree Christmas if that's what you went into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and we were talking about this, but Miami in the summer is like Wisconsin in the winter. Exactly. It's like the surface of the sun. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to be outside. Your your skin just falls off. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And that's when people go, how do you live in Wisconsin in January? I go, well, first of all, you, 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 cold is, I think actually easier to get used to, to be honest with you. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I, when my kids were little, you have little kids, but when my kids were little, we just bundle them up and throw them outside. It doesn't matter what, and as long as they were dressed properly, they didn't care. Um, but yeah, summers it's like that's it's brutal. It's, it's brutal. It is brutal. Yes. That's why everyone's at the beach. Um, so that so so how did your family handle the the injury? That had to be hard. It was rough, um, especially when I came back and then told my dad, you know, I, I I don't I don't see the time here. I don't see how I'm gonna get back to play. He didn't talk to me for like two or three days. <laughs> he thought I was quitting. I said, yeah, I just can't get it. I just can't do it. Um, so. I took a year off. Yes, figured you know I'm gonna to go to college and and move on to other stuff. But I got kind of roped back in by a friend of mine who has some kids. He said, "Why don't you coach my kids' little league team? Um, I think it would be good. Let's do it together." So I did, um, and then started working some camps. One of my bosses um, recommended me for an assistant women's uh, coaching job at Miami. At the time, it was Miami Dade Community College. Uh, now it's Miami Dade College. So I did that for three months before I was offered a job to take over a, a girls' basketball program in South Florida. Didn't, didn't think it was going to last there very long, but did it for nine years, um, which uh, was a great experience. Okay, so hold yeah. on. Before we jump onto that, so I want to jump back to the Little League thing. What did you yeah. learn from doing that? A ton of patience um, and a lot of communication skills uh, with kids, with parents. Um, it just uh, – it, it really made you um, – kind of dig in, become a better coach because these kids, at least the ones I took over, they were eight, nine years old. Um, we were talking really, really young kids. Um, well, I'm telling you, I guess I had an interview with a WNBA player. I won't, I won't spoil it because I haven't put it up yet, but she basically says every coach should do that because what it does is it teaches you to break down the game. And it's true. If you can teach an eight, nine year old to play basketball, you can teach yeah. a 15-year-old, a 22-year-old, an NBA or a WNBA player. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, unfortunately for me, I was like 20 or 21 at the time. So <laughs> being a student of the game, I, I wasn't as, I guess, polished yeah. as I am today. Back then, I was just trying to get get the right drills and get the right offense for 89-year-olds. Um, but I did that for a few years, and it just catapulted me um, to – what I ended up doing with the rest of at least career to this point. So, so what, tell, um, tell me about the junior college thing. Is it like last chance you, is it similar to that? I would say it was, um, you know, it, Susan summons, who's a, a great coach. She's still the coach there. Um, she, she taught me a lot in the little time I was with her and uh, you know, it's just totally different because I was just used to little league kids and now I'm helping 
young ladies move into their dorms and helping them with furniture and, and uh, you know, right. going through all that other kind of stuff that, you know, you, you forget high school. We just went from Little League to the college. Um, so it was it was it was a really um, amazing experience for the time I was there. But um, I just I, I felt bad after just a few months saying, hey, I got this other opportunity and I just think this is best for my career. Right. And, um, you know, so thankfully she was very she showed me a lot of grace <laughs> in that right. moment. Um, and I went on and I got myself into the high school level, which I've been doing now for the last 15 years. And what's the biggest difference between the college level and the high school level that you saw? Um, I mean, these are obviously that the competitive level is completely different. The maturity level is completely different. Um, you know, the one of the, the biggest things I see, and I think you might have seen as well with some of the people you coach, is the capacity for work. Um, one of the things I've learned over the years, especially with some of the people I've worked with um, that train NBA players, is you know, I thought there was a magic bullet. You know, like there's something different that they do. And uh, there's one gentleman named Don Kelbeck who's um, everybody doesn't don't know him. I'd say, I would really recommend looking him up on YouTube and stuff. He took me, he does JJ Barea, Carlos Arroyo, Roger Bell, he did a lot of their stuff. So he would take me with them and I'm watching his workouts with him. And it's just the same drills that we do with high school guys, college guys, um, uh, elementary, middle school kids. It's just the capacity for work, the passion, the desire, um, how much time they're willing to put in. Um, they will go max out on every drill. Whereas a high school kid will go for a minute and sort of slow down when he gets a little fatigued. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things I, I noticed uh, right off the bat, obviously from, you know, going from rec league to college, but then, you know, going back to, you know, that's, that's some of the lessons I, I talk to my kids about is if that's your desire to play at that level. Um, I can tell you that there's a certain um, level of work of commitment you need to put in um, because of the things I was able to see. Yeah. I was saying that there, that basically, um, the different, I mean, there's probably 2000 people that could be walking around right now in the, in the world that could put be playing in the NBA, that they're good enough to be playing in the NBA, if not more, but they, but they don't have something, you know, they don't have that work ethic. They don't, there's something missing from that. Otherwise they'd be playing there. Um, and sometimes it's bad, but luck, but I, I, I love that. I, I, I call it that it factor. There's that it thing with the special ones. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, there's something, there's something special there that that's, what do you think the hardest thing to teach is? Um, skill wise footwork. Um, I think a lot of kids find it to be boring, but, but I, one of the foundations of coaching, um, philosophy is there's three foot, there's three pivots, a front pivot, a pivot, the inside pivot and the drop step. If we can master those three pivots and their counters. Um, we have a really good foundation to build a player on top of that. Um, so I find that as a skill to be something that's somewhat of a challenge to teach um, in terms of the overall game, um, the end game, because we uh, probably like you, we have a shot. We don't have a shot clock. <laughs> so um, I've found trying to teach that the last three minutes of the game sometimes have to be handled a little differently, especially if you're holding a lead with delay games. Right. Um, sometimes right. it's hard for kids to, to switch that uh, from aggressive because we teach we have a very aggressive style of play to now the ball matters more than the points. Uh, our shot selection has got to be a whole lot different. These last three minutes, we're holding a lead. Um, and some kids really, really, I find struggle with that. So, um, but we spent a lot of time teaching the end game uh, so we can close out some games that maybe we shouldn't have a business closing out. Well, what percentage of your, what percentage do you use on footwork at practice? Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please subscribe and like uh, no matter where you listen to podcasts, whether you're jogging, walking the dogs, walking the kids, playing at the pool, uh, go over and subscribe. Apple would be great. Five star. 
if you're going to do a two-star, don't do it. Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, we would also love if you went over to teachubes.com. It's what allows us to keep the lights on here and keep things at chugging. Um, so go over and check that out. 14-day free trial. Uh, you know, everyone's got to work on their game and their craft. Come over and help us. And then the last thing is if you're thinking of um, looking for other podcasts, go over and check out High School Hoops um, and Teacher Side Gig. Those are two other ones. And we, we might have a fourth one in the, in the tank, but we'll, we'll tease you on that one. All right, let's head back to the podcast. Um, off season, it's quite a bit, uh, probably about 50% of our work in the off season is spent on footwork. I mean, we incorporate obviously our shooting stuff into it, you know, catch inside pivot one, two shoot. Um, in addition to the footwork stuff during the season, I try to do about 30 to 45 minutes a day of individual skill work with our team stuff. Um, but obviously there's a lot of other stuff, um, besides footwork, but I really put an emphasis on that in the off season, um, when we can spend a lot of time and a lot of hours on it. Cause it's just about repetition, repetition, repetition. There is no substitute for repetition. And we can get that in in the off season. I wish you were a part of our math department because sometimes <laughs> I think they're trying to get rid of repetition. It's like that's the only you need repetition. That's the way Absolutely. you learn. You need things. Um, if you could only talk about one topic, so let's say I called you up and said we can, you can only talk about one topic. What would that topic be? Huh. Um, I hate to be generic or it's very, but I'm a defensive guy. Um, we. Okay. We, we spent a lot of time on that, so I can go over a lot of stuff defensively. Um, you know, we, we're a matchup zone team, so I spent a lot of time on that. So um, I have actually done coaches clinics where I present my matchup zone stuff. Um, that's that's just what I, I believe wins us a lot of games, especially the team we have now. It's not a high scoring team. Um, our games are usually, we're, we're scoring in the 30s and 40s, so we got to keep teams under 30 with the team I got now to win. Well, that's interesting. Um, how do you practice plan? Um, I'm very structured. I think much like you are, I got a, I got a paper every day. It's, it's down to the minute. Um, so I, I incorporate a lot of my, um, my game planning stuff that requires a lot of thinking early on. That's when players are most astute in my, in my experience where they can, they can digest, they can, they can process information. Um, I think they can learn, I think they can learn the best early. Now, yeah. the hard part is for them to turn that I have found to turn off the school and become an athlete i mean become a student of the game at that point but to leave that so we've been doing some meditation some quiet time some stuff to kind of to get that shift because it's hard that's a hard shift for them but i definitely think i have their attention better early than i do at the end i've tried to right. i've literally tried to make practice shorter like that's mm -hmm. been one of my like the last five years i go okay if i can make this rather than two hours, if I can make this one hour and 45 minutes, I, I'm yeah. going to have their attention better. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to like, you know, um, and then I'll, st it's not like I'm leaving. They can stay and work on their individual games. They can shoot. They can, right. we, we can do other things in those 15 minutes if they want. But mm -hmm. um, I have tried to like keep it contained. And, and I refer to it as a machine gun practice. Like I, there's like, it's, yes because it's like TikTok, you know 60 seconds and then we're on the yeah. next thing you know um yeah i'm with you the, the school i'm at now um we have to practice in about an hour and a half because of gym capacity and right. two teams are the gym so it's it's really challenging me as a coach where i used to go two hours and now what i used to do in two hours i got to find a way to get it done in 90 minutes um for because not this year next year coming up i'm actually coaching both teams the boys and the girls um so are they yeah. the same season same season <laughs> same season 
Are you going to practice it's the first for three time, hours? Basically, yeah. Um, hour and a half with one, hour and a half with the other. Now, there is an overlap. I'm not going to bore your listeners with our practice schedule. There is an overlap between practices where they share the gym for a segment of time. And I've got two uh, coaches, one on each side, that's really going to be um, helping me out. So when I'm on one side, they're going to be running some stuff on the other side um, and vice versa. But um, that's torture community Christian squad here in, like- in uh, East Texas. You're gonna have to take some naps, or that's crazy. Like I have enough hard, I have a hard enough time. You're a young pup, though. I have a hard enough time to keep energy up for an hour and a half, three hours. <laughs> You're not gonna see your kids. No, we I've uh we we've have it where the my 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 last practice would end at I think I have it at six fifteen, so I'll still be home um in time to to tuck be with in. the family so yeah, yep the, that, that that special time when you do yeah, the tuck in the read yeah read the books yeah and, uh, okay that's good okay so that's yeah i was thinking god you're gonna be you're gonna be like coming home at like nine o'clock that's good but yeah. it's 6 15 yeah, some of the challenges will be games where you know you're we play an hour and a half and away the game's at 7 30 i mean there are going to be some challenges there but um you know right now that's that's the plan and i'm gung-ho about it i'm excited about it but yeah it's definitely going to challenge me with practice plans uh, especially you got two teams with two strengths two different types of weaknesses so it's like a teacher it's different preps <laughs> it's two different types of preps oh yeah that's crazy yeah we'll have to, well, i'll have to think about that i've i've had other people do that but not never very long i can tell you i i did i did back-to-back seasons that for seven years i thought it was gonna kill me like I went right from fall to winter. I was like, holy cow. Um, yeah. What um, is there? Is there a coaching moment, either good or bad, that would be yeah. beneficial for the, a listener? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's uh, back in 2009. We, uh, you know, there was two teams in our district, us and, and, our, and our rival who were competitive. So we're excited. We go into their gym and we lose 54 to 13. And you lost yeah. what say say that again 54 13 so it's one of those <laughs> it's one hey, of those you know the thing about those those don't hurt quite as bad as 54 53 because when you True. lose 54 to 13 they're a lot better than you well here's the kicker is we had to do a lot of soul searching on this team and two months later, we won against them in the district final, 59-54. Uh, same team. Nobody was injured. Nobody was sitting out. You should write, a, team. You should write a book about that. That's a crazy I've said around. to people, if I, write a, if I ever write a book, that's got its own chapter. Um, but for me, as a young coach, that was the school's first district championship in the school's history at that moment. Um, so for me as a coach, I mean, we, it was more, yes, we had to scout. We had, there was a lot of film. There was a lot of prep that we had to do. Um, but a lot of it was psychological. A lot of it was emotional. I had a great assistant coach. who talked about burning the bridges, had the girls in tears, um, you know, and they believed, right. I mean, that's, to me, it's a lesson I carry to this day. One of my players asked me about a month ago, she goes, do you really think every game you walk in that you're going to win? I said, I didn't used to, um, but now I do. <laughs> I have After not. I I had early in my career. I had some teams that were, I mean, they're great guys, and some have, I think three of them are dentists now, and they they're great fathers, and but they were not very good basketball players, and <laughs> it's like oh my goodness, those are hard. Those are so hard. 
But I've never coached a game. Even when we were bad like that, I've never coached a game I didn't think we could have win. Never. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, she, you know, she asked me that question, but I share that story with, with, with her and most of my teams when, you know, things are, you know, we're having some adversity. Um, I've learned that the lesson to answer your question I learned is um, there's always a way. I mean, you, know, you, you have to believe there's always a way, you know, it may not always work out at the end, but you definitely got to go in with the mindset that this can, this can happen. And I always share that story, um, especially all the details that go into it with, with folks. Well, that's part of the reason I have an issue with the shot clock too is you're trying to take away a tool in my toolbox to maybe yeah. have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I do use, like I said, end game. I use that. <laughs> Not having a shot clock. If, if I got to slow stuff down, I'm using that to my advantage and I'm running some clock if I need to. So, um, so yeah, it was a great moment for me. It was a great learning opportunity for me as a coach and for the player. I never forget that moment. I mean, you've probably been there. I'm sitting there. We're shooting two free throws with three seconds, and I'm looking, and I see my shooting guard, Elisa, half court with tears rolling down her eyes. Um, to this day, I've had uh, players say, you know, that I've accomplished this in life because of what I learned during that experience. Right. Um, that's, as you know, as a coach, man, that's that means more than, than this on-court success, that you had an impact on somebody. Um, if you could talk to a coach for an hour, living or dead, any sport, who would you be and what would you talk about? Great question. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick a live coach and I'm going to show some Miami bias here. Um, I, I, I'd go with uh, Pat Riley. Um, I think. Disease uh, of me, man. Disease of me. Great book. Yeah, it's down here in my bookshelf to my right here. Um, you know, I just think uh, I just think he's a basketball genius. Um, I've listened to Eric Spolster. I've, I've, I've worked in his basketball academy momentarily. So um, the stuff that that goes into that heat culture and and the, the basketball knowledge and the experience that goes that that comes with Pat Riley, um, I would sit there for much more than an hour. Um, I heard him speak. I didn't have a chance to interact, <laughs> ask questions, right. but I would definitely love the opportunity. Um, I don't even know if I've answered this. I think alive it would be Brad Stevens. I think because yeah. um, I think he thinks a, kind of like I. Yeah, I mean. Not, you know, I mean, that's I'm skipping Coach K and Pop and all that, yeah. but I just there's something. Um, I think I would talk to him just because he's made that kind of transition, and then, um, oh gosh, I don't even know. Dad, it probably would be wooden, but you know, so I, I was gonna I was gonna cut you off and say it'd be wooden for me. Yeah, I, but I, you know, I it would be it would be a young Bobby Knight too because I think Bobby's starting to I think he's got a little. I think there's something going on there. No one will ever say anything, but um, you know, Bobby in the eighties, it would be, it'd be interesting. It'd been interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause These I don't wrong, I mean, wrong right answers. There's no wrong answers here. Hey everybody. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, like leave a review, jump up and down, run around your house, whatever you need to do. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.